It's another episode of From the Commissioner's Desk. Trent and Chaz here to break down everything going on with fantasy football. We're glad that you're tuning in. Today, it's Thursday, November 17th. We're getting ready for week 11, which means that there are four remaining weeks of regular season fantasy football remaining. Teams are getting ready. They're gearing up for playoffs, maybe stashing away some guys that are injured now that they're hoping are going to be back in time for the playoffs. Uh, but Chaz, before we get into the episode, can you give me a quick compliment about a successful revenge tour? I knocked off twice. I knocked off Titletown Cheese Curds. I knocked off a few other teams along the way. Uh, I feel very vindicated for the call that I had earlier in the season. Uh, it was a tough go to start the, the year. Uh, have an outside chance of making the playoffs, but this to me was the Super Bowl, and I feel like I accomplished a lot. Well, uh, yeah, I think when you first brought it up originally, you know, everyone's got their um, revenge tours. I know there were a few of them. Uh, Ethan's didn't go as as well as he thought it would, but yours actually panned out a little bit. Um, so I think taking down uh, Will Hickson, who's had a few injuries here recently. Um, was a pretty good way to finish it off. But I just want to tell everybody about four weeks ago when I said we're back and we're not going anywhere, I lied. And then two weeks ago when I said we're back and we're not going anywhere, well, I lied to you again. Unknowingly, I knew we were, we were going to lie and I lied to you. But this time we're back and we're not going anywhere. All right. Look, Chaz, you and I were busy boys coming out with a podcast once every two weeks. No shame in that. All right. We're not getting paid for this. We do it for fun. We get busy. Schedules get a little hectic, but we do it when we can. We're excited. We've got a fun episode for you. A little bonus segment at the end. So stay tuned after the Toilet Bowl alert. Bonus segment on the podcast. I go through a deep dive. I break down uh, a model that I piece together for probabilities of making a playoff. Gets a little technical, so fast forward if you're not into that. I know Will Hickson is strongly against spreadsheets, so we'll just go ahead and just end the podcast after the toilet bowl alert. Uh, but Chaz, I'm going to do a breakdown later on, but for right now, any bold predictions you have for any of the teams, we've got a lot sitting at five and five right now. Any bold predictions on who you think's going to make the playoffs or maybe a bold take on some team that might miss the playoffs? So I think that I'm going to make, I'll make a prediction in the championship game. I honestly think that, um, there's no luck involved with this. I think his team was picked out methodically. Um, he came with a plan and um, Joey's team has been balling all season. I just can't imagine him uh, losing. And it just wouldn't be as fun if he, if he didn't go see if he could, how far he could go um, without losing another game. So I'm definitely going to have Joey um, in a championship game. And then another team in here that I think could be a late season push uh, is Chrome domes. So I'm going to pick, Joey and Chrome Domes is the championship game. Uh, the, the, the teams that are going to make it into the playoffs, um, I think they're just going to inch in there. Like, like you said, there's a lot of teams five and five. Um, the teams that are five and five are not very consistent. Um, so I think having three big games to get there um, isn't really in all, all of our odds. So I'm going to pick the two, those two guys, and then the rest of us will see who makes it into the playoffs. All right. What, what a re-entry to the league for Joey that would be if he makes it all the way to the championship game uh, but he's got the squad to do it no doubt about that uh, just a quick reminder for all of you league members uh, so there's no frustration or no complaining at the end of the regular season the way that we're doing playoffs six teams make the playoffs that means the top two seeds will get a bye 
those first five spots into the playoffs are all based on standings. From there, it's a hard line. Teams six through 12, it's the highest points for of those remaining teams that will get the sixth playoff spot. So there are realistic situations where the sixth ranked team will be tied in terms of wins with the fifth ranked team, but won't actually make the playoffs because a team with less wins has more points for. We voted on this. We agreed on it. Somebody has a likelihood of getting burned, but that's just the way that we're rolling this season. We'll see how we like it, see if we need to adjust that rule moving forward. But I think it adds a fun little element, especially with how tight this race is. Yeah, as of right now, um, the two teams that would most likely come into that situation uh, would be 25-7 and JVC Stingrays, who are both 5-5 five and five right at the, the uh, right at the borderline right there. I do believe Kyle's team has 14 more points um, than 25 Savage, but between them two, uh, they have a quite a bit, uh, a pretty large margin between the rest of them. So, um, if one of those two are not in the playoff race, just based on record, uh, I think there's a pretty good chance that, uh, one of those guys, um, is definitely going to make it into the playoffs at that stick spot. All that to say points for mean a lot. And we've got some significant guys on by this week. Uh, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, the Jaguars, all on by. That means four of the top 12 quarterbacks, Geno Smith, Tua, Trevor, uh, and even Tom Brady cracks the top 12. They're all on by. Running backs, we've got Leonard Fournette, Travis Etienne, and Ken Walker, all top 12 running or top 15 running backs on by. Chooch, you've got some other guys on by. You've got Etienne. You also have Jeff Wilson and Rashad White on by that I know that you would like to start, I'd assume, over AJ Dillon. And then wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, uh, Waddle, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, a lot of high-powered guys and wide receivers. Uh, the waivers are super thin. Some guys are still waiting to finish up their lineups. There's a lot a lot that can go down, Chaz. We'll get into it in a little bit. But your matchup with Davis, those are the two teams that are impacted most by bye weeks here in week 11. And thank God we're playing each other. Um, I do believe we'll get into the breakdown of the teams here in a little bit, but I think uh, Dave, I, I'm in trouble, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Davis, friend, you're in big trouble. All right, let's move on in and talk a little bit about standings. Chaz, if you could give us an update, just walk through the standings of the league as it stands right now. And if you've got time, go ahead and give us that Chooch's standing update if you've got one for us, or maybe just break, break down those top uh, five or six teams that you see in terms of the Chooch's updated standings? Yeah, so the overall standings for the actual um, ESPN rankings for wins. Um, last time I went from the bottom to the top, but uh, we'll go from the most important down to the least. Sitting at 9-1 nine and, nine and one and a shoe-in for the playoffs. Uh, arguably, we'll go, you'll go into depth on your little your solo segment there at the end. Um, is Joey sitting at 9-1, um, king of the castle? I pick him to win the league this year and regular season. Um, you said it before, what a, what a way to come back in here. But um, he's sitting on top nine and one, so can't say much more about him. Um, two teams here that have kind of fought pretty hard. One of them had a great start of the season. Um, the other one just in and out each week. He's been in the trenches in Dom Patrol. So we have Titletown Cheese Courage, Dom Patrol, both sitting at seven and three. Um, so that two, three spot. And then – Going down from there, there, there was a, quite a bit of a um, – there's a large group here in a little bit, but um, one guy who's kind of breaking away from the pack just a little bit was Chrome Domes. Last week he was down there with us, but now he's sitting by himself at 6-4. and four. So 
Um, he, he's the lone star right there. And then we got four guys right now, five and five. Um, you could argue which ones um, deserve to be five and five, which one should have a better uh, record just based on their points for. But we have four teams right now, five and five. We have BC Stingrays, 25 Savage, the Lexington Mob, and I'm a Chooch. Um, like I said, BC and 25 Savage are pretty far ahead in terms of points for, um, followed by Lexington and Chooch. So those are the five, six, seven, eight spots. And then down the last four, um, sitting at number nine, again, kind of solo in the zone here, um, a game below and a game above the person um, at eight and 10 uh, is Trent Earps, Viva La Tejas. He is at number nine, four and six. Um, and then the guys down at 10, 11 and 12. Um, Davis is at three and seven. And then Fightertown Mavericks, two and eight, along with Louisville Hot Time Machine, uh, two and eight. So they're both sitting at 11 and 12. Yeah, tough spot to be in. Uh, we will note that based on the points for points against spread, the two most unlucky individuals in our league right now, number one is Tyler Jasper. His adjusted ranking, he should be ranked second overall. He's ranked fourth right now in standings, had a couple, couple close losses, um, but his points for points against margin He's got a strong uh, points for showing, so his differential is very high. And then second, we have Daniel Arrow, who, again, adjusted ranking, should be ranked fourth. Uh, overall, he's got five wins, so he's tied for fifth right now. Uh, so two guys that have fallen on a little bit of hard luck so far, uh, but they both have pretty easy strengths of schedules for the remainder of the season. We'll see if they can make late playoff pushes. Uh, both of them seem to be in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah, and then in terms of my rankings, um, I, I do like to – we've known at the beginning of the year and through, through the middle of the season there, I do like to make my own rankings uh, based on which teams I think are better and worse um, for the future um, for the playoffs. However, right now, records to me, it doesn't matter. Originally, it's kind of seeing how I compete with other people when I'm playing them, um, how, how our records might evolve in um, kind of the playoff race towards, towards the end of the season. But right now, I'm just caring about myself. Um, I'm at eight. I, I think I am one of those guys who can just barely make it into the playoffs. So um, I don't really care where everyone else is. I'm just trying to play myself one, one week at a time. So you can make your own rankings. I don't care. Love it. Well, Chaz, today's Thursday. So that means tonight we've got some football. Tonight we have the six and three Titans going to Lambeau, playing the Packers, the four and six Packers, your Super Bowl favorite choice at the beginning of the season. The Packers, although they're two games behind the Titans, they're actually three point favorites. Uh, weather probably playing a little bit of a factor tonight. The over unders at 41. Chaz, what do you make of this game? There's a lot of fantasy implication going on here, especially we mentioned it before, a lot of guys on by. So some of these players are going to be making their way into lineups tonight. Yeah, so there's some players and some teams that just don't do very well on primetime games. I could be wrong in my history, but Titans are not one of those. Every time, um, as much as the fans, I don't really care for them much. Uh, whenever I, the Titans are on primetime games, A, normally the games are pretty good, and B, they're really fun to watch um, just because I think the Titans are a team that the way they play is kind of different for everybody, so different teams have to attack them different ways, so it really could have any sort of outcome. Whereas in this situation, going up against Green Bay, they haven't been able to air the ball out very well. Um, last week was their first week with, I think, multiple passing touchdowns or more than two or three or something. Um, so I'm really curious to see how the Titans um, match up defensively. 
especially going up against another heavily run team this year. Um, so you have the Titans run team. Um, Derek King is going to do his thing. So I'm curious how they're going to kind of fight back and forth. A um, couple notes. Traylon Burks is back. Um, I know uh, Akine, what's his name? Nick something, Akine. He dropped like 20 points last week. He looked really good um, with Ryan Tannehill back in the game. Um, and he, Ryan has no uh, injury designation for tonight. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to – he's kind of coming back into form here, so they might try to air it out a little bit against the beat-up um, Green Bay defense. I know they have one um, in Stokes. I believe he's their um, left corner up, uh, opposed to um, Jai Alexander. I think he is out for the season after an injury last week. So um, a few question marks on defense, but overall I think it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, it should be good. The Titans, I looking at their team, their fantasy assets, and seeing that they're 6-3, and three, I mean, this is a resilient squad. They've got Tannehill as quarterback 27 this season in fantasy. Uh, and you don't really love a lot of their offensive weapons outside of, obviously, King Henry on Kyle's BC Stingrays. In fact, their number one wide receiver on the season, Robert Woods, was on waivers earlier this week on Tuesday. I actually scooped him up, put him on my roster. I don't think I'll be playing him. Uh, but, yes, like you said, they get Traylon Burks back. Could be an exciting matchup. On the other side of the ball, the Packers – uh, we know that you'll be starting both of their running backs due to bye week. So you've got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon in your lineups set for right now. Aaron Rodgers coming off a monster week, his best week of the season thus far. He had three passing touchdowns. Uh, and the primary contributor for their offense in terms of weapons was Christian Watson. He had his breakout game on Kyle's team, also the VC Stingrays once again. Uh, 107 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Do you see that productivity carrying forward? Uh, or do you like some of these other weapons? I mean, I'll note, too, that Romeo Dobbs and Randall Cobb are both out again this week. Uh, so it seems like it's going to be a combination of Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, and uh, the tight end, Robert Tunyon. So well, where do you see this shaping up for the offense, or do you like the run game for the Packers? This kind of sets up as one of those disappointing games for Christian Watson coming off a big week. I personally put a lot of fab on him. Um, but in retrospect, I'm kind of glad I didn't pick him up because I feel like I'd be forced to play him, and that would be three Green Bay players on a Thursday, um, which could go either way. I'm going to go with the the latter and say that they're not going to play so hot. Um, Christian, he's had a couple – I think he's had some one or two blow-up games at the beginning of the season, kind of mid-games, and then he had his big one last week. Um, they haven't looked good. I think this might be kind of one of those where he has two down weeks, one big week two down weeks or so. So I wouldn't feel super confident uh, starting him, but you kind of got to do what you got to do um, in some situations. It will be exciting to see though, if he does have another week and be consistent. Um, I know Aaron the past couple weeks has uh, kind of complained about his receivers, not being ready, giving other people chances. Um, so Christian finally showed out. He did have two drops. I will remind you. Um, but in terms of the passing game, I think it's just going to be whoever has the hot hand really. Um, but in terms of the running game, Aaron Jones is going to get his, um, I remember very um, vividly after our little golf scramble, we were sitting at G Jersey Mike's and then the, the Green Bay homer himself, Will Hickson said, I thought he was joking with us, Trent. Re you remember, mm -hmm. um, he said, I am not going for AJ Dillon this year. Everyone's hyping him up. He's not going to be the man everyone says he was. And we were both like, oh yeah, sure. So you can draft him. And it turns out he was right so far. Um, so I just want to make sure um, that he gets a few touches um, the only reason he's really in my starting lineup is because I got a couple guys on by or else he would still be on the bench unless they have Aaron Jones. Um, but I think it's going to be kind of a run heavy game. Um, like I said, in the trenches. So I, 
a fool's chance that he that AJ Dillon maybe falls in for a touchdown or two. Uh, but I think Aaron Jones is getting most of the work um, in the passing game and the running game. All right, prediction for tonight: Who wins? Green Bay, baby. All right, yeah. To me, well, it doesn't make sense, uh, but I think the Titans close out and win this one. I'm going on the Titans this week. Uh, Kyle put a graphic in the Discord earlier uh, talking about the Vikings. I think it was, but he said it, it correlates or it's the same for Titans fans. You start off the game first ten percent. Oh boy, I'm excited to watch my team. The next 99% of the game, I'm going to kill myself. And then finally you end with, oh, nice, we won. Uh, I think that's how it turns out tonight for the Titans. They pull out a close one and win at Lambeau Field. Uh, so, uh, so I hear you're, you're wanting to do a uh, 5 maybe $10 wager on the game tonight? <laughs> sure. I'll put, $5. I'll put $5 straight up on the Tennessee Titans to win. All right, you got yourself a deal. All right, let's move on and talk about the commissioner picks. We've got some exciting matchups. Obviously, we've mentioned it a lot throughout this podcast. A lot of playoff implication coming up with some of these matchups. Chaz, on the year, you and I are both still tied. 23-13, and 13, we've cooled off a little bit. We were red hot uh, as of two weeks ago. Didn't do great with our picks, but still tied, still a competition. We'll see how it ends out. Let's start first with the matchup of my team versus Ethan's team. We've got Viva La Teja sitting at 4-6, and six, going up against the Fightertown Mavericks sitting at 2-8. and eight. Uh, currently identical projected scores on ESPN, both projected for 111 points, two of the four bottom teams. And as a quick reminder, the four bottom teams in standing at the end of the regular season will compete in the toilet bowl during the playoffs. So something to look forward to, uh, both these teams are trying to get out of that tier. Uh, what do you see in this matchup? This one, I think, is going to be a good one. I don't think it's going to be one that has a lot of implications uh, in terms of the league, but it's one of those that's kind of fun. I know, uh, Ethan, and you, I believe a couple of uh, – you've had a couple of the same issues where some of the players you've had um, have either been injured a lot or have not lived up to their hype. Um, again, I, I don't look much into the uh, projection totals, but you're both, you're both projected uh, 111 to 111, and I think all of your players are set, and you don't, I don't think that you're going to make any changes um maybe on Ethan's side he might tweak his lineup a little bit um but yeah I think overall um this game like I said doesn't mean much uh a couple of you guys on your team um who have been very disappointing this year Najee Harris um Gabe Davis has had a couple big games he's had dealt with a little bit of injury yeah I think you're correct yeah my team has been riddled with concerns you just touched on a couple of them but I'll even include Justin Herbert in that category so Herbert Najee Harris Gabe Davis, Cole Komet, even some streaky scores, some underperformances. Um, but I'm shooting for the moon with this lineup. I'm hoping that these guys can reach their ceiling. But yeah, serious concerns with Najee Harris for sure. And then Cole Komet, a guy who was the tight end one last week, uh, now has a questionable designation. And we know he's gone. He's put up a couple goose eggs this season, a couple zero points. Uh, and you can't have that for fantasy football. On the other side of the ball, we've got Ethan's squad. Three weeks ago, if you remember, uh, leading up to the week, Ethan put out kind of, I don't know if it was uh, mocking my revenge tour, but he came out with a fuck you world tour uh, through the first three, three weeks. He's one and two. So this is game four of his fuck you world tour. Uh, and I like my chances in this one. I'm going to pick Viva La Tejas to edge out the Fightertown Mavericks. Yeah, if I recall, uh, originally, I believe I had at the beginning of the season in the Chuchas rankings, I had Ethan's team. Lower down, and then he made a few changes, and a couple of the players here 
um, did a little bit better than expected. So I moved him up quite a bit in the Chuchas rankings, but I, I don't know what, what happened with him. He just, he got nothing rolling. Um, a few of his players here have kind of given up on the season. Um, he's gone out with quite a few injuries. Um, he's been switching guys in and out here. Um, and honestly, his bench, he's got pretty decent depth. I just don't think um, they've all kind of fallen in um, all at the same time. And Cordell, Pat- Cordell Patterson, um, he was starting off hot. He kind of fell off there. Um, Wandell Robinson, he was injured. George Kittle started off injured. Debo Samuel has been injured. So he never really had a full roster all at the same time. And I think that's going to kind of, um, as you've seen here, it's kind of been caught up with him. And his, his um, record shows it's the same. Um, from looking at it face value, I am also coming off um, a couple big games from you guys last week. I am also going to go with uh, Viva Lateos this week um, for this matchup. Jazz, it's the first time you've picked me all season to win a game. Let's see if I can pull it off for you. Let's move on into the next matchup. We've got a good one here. Chrome Domes sitting at six and four, going up against the Hot Tub Time Machine, Ryan McCauley's team, sitting at two and eight. Uh, this is a rematch. These teams, two teams faced off in week three. Chrome Domes won 139 to 103. Uh, that was the first time that Ryan McCauley broke 100 points for the season. Uh, obviously, he got off to a rough start, has progressively gotten better. Uh, I think his team is really coming along. A lot of guys trending up. But, Chaz, what do you make of this matchup between Chrome Domes and Time Machine? Yeah, and this is one um, not so similar to yours. From face value, it would look like, oh, a 6-14 and 14 and a 2-18. and 18. No one really cares who the winner of this. But this actually does have quite a bit of implications. Um, Chrome Domes last week was sitting down there uh, with, I think, three or four, three of us um at five and four um and then he got another win here and he kind of pulled away just a little bit so if he gets another win here um he's one of those guys at the top where I picked him to go to the end but regardless of what I think um if he gets one or two more wins here he's kind of a shoe in um for the playoffs and it's kind of going to leave less space for um a few of us on here with really one spot and then that points four spot but um in terms of Tyler's team I've hit on it quite a few times when, it, when you when you draft or when you set up a team, this happened to me last year as well, as long as you have two or three really good players that are consistent and put up big numbers each week, you can kind of fill in the gaps. Um, one of them that really panned out for him this year, Saquon Barkley, obviously Justin Jefferson, that one was a given. Um, those guys have been putting up big numbers, and then he went with the risk, um, which in the past has not been something that a lot of people are, have been told it doesn't matter, but in this situation it really does matter with Josh Allen. Um, he got him as early as he could. Um, so when you have those three players, um, week in and week out, putting in um, big numbers, not being, not having any injuries, um, there's been a few kind of tweaks here and there um, recently. But when you have those three big guys, you can fill in your roster with different players on buys and whatnot, and you should still be um, in a good position. And this week's no different. Justin Jefferson came up a big week last week. Um, Josh Allen, um, even though he he was dealing with an elbow injury. Uh, he still looked good enough to put up some big numbers with his running and whatnot. Saquon's still playing well. Um, and then he's got a few other guys on here that are coming back from injuries and um, kind of coming into form here. Um, so I am curious. He's got a few players on here that I would maybe change up uh, in the starting lineup, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I have little to no questions when it comes to Chrome Dome's lineup. Uh, I know you mentioned you have the studs and then you have the pieces around it. I really like the pieces that he's acquired and the pieces that he has in the starting lineup. He gets Mike Williams back 
for the first time since week seven. Uh, but you mentioned, it. I mean, Josh Allen, just an absolute beast. And Justin Jefferson, is there a better like non-burner type wide receiver in the NFL? His The catch that he had last week, I know there's some arguments and people comparing it to Odell's catch, um, but the circumstances, the fourth down, fourth and 14, I think it was, just going up there, getting that ball and just ripping it one-handed out of the defender's hands. That's one of the greatest catches I think we'll ever see. And not to mention that game, Buffalo versus the Vikings last week, uh, arguably the game of the year. I don't think we'll see a better one throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, in terms of the specifics on the catch, I did see it. it when I originally saw it on Twitter, um, I didn't really know the situation in the game that they were going back and forth so much. Um, so when I first saw it, I thought, yeah, it was a good catch. But then again, um, I saw that the defender uh, kind of had possession of it. and He kind of ripped the ball from him. Granted, he was in an awkward position. Um, so I do think it was an awesome catch. Um, I think all in all, from like an actual um, view standpoint and just um, kind of going back and rewatching it, I do think the Odell catch um, was quite a bit cooler. But in terms of situation and um, kind of the overall just strength, in power, I think um, Justin's catch was um, was cool, but it wasn't Odell level, I don't think. All right, fair enough. The other side of the ball, we've got the hot tub time machine. I mean, this is just a resilient squad. We talked about the rough start to the season. I mentioned it a second ago. A lot of players trending up. Aaron Rodgers coming off the best week he's had in fantasy this year. Big game tonight at home in Lambeau. Uh, Kamara really coming together as well. Ramon J. Stevenson taking that starting position uh, with New England. TJ Hawkinson seems to be fitting in nicely with the Vikings offense. Um, look for him to progress as well this week. And then DeAndre Carter, a guy who really shined with Mike Williams' absence the last couple of weeks, put up some double-digit fantasy points. A guy who now is sitting in Ryan's flex position that I actually like, not projected many points this week, but I think could see some substantial work, especially in the red zone for the Chargers uh, for their matchup this week against Kansas City. Yeah, and when it comes to Ryan's team, Team. Um, I haven't really been a fan of his team all year. Um, I don't think that a lot of his players um, opposed to Chrome Domes are really um, outside of maybe Alvin Kamara, really the number one on their teams. Um, I, I think he's just been struggling all year. Did he did he pick anybody up um, recently uh, for waivers? Do you know? Let me check. Let me check. Two seconds. Uh, not in the past week, no. So Ryan McCauley, his team, granted, he's not going to make the playoffs most likely. I think two two or three weeks ago, um, he still maybe had a chance, but I, I do believe he still has like $89 in fab. Is that correct? Yes. No, no tries to improve his team. Most of his lineups aren't set until Sunday. I just think the heart wasn't there after he it got broken once he lost quite a few times at the beginning of the season. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and um, no shock here. Pick Chrome Domes. I'm with you as well. I'll take Chrome Domes to win this one, improve to 7-4, and four, and look to be a lock for the playoffs. All right, let's move on in this next matchup. This is a doozy. This is a big one, Chaz. We're talking about your matchup. King of the North sitting at 3-7 and seven versus I'm a Chooch sitting at 5-5. Five and five. Um, Two teams, we mentioned it earlier, destroyed this week by bi-week players. Um, both teams will likely have a projection below 100 points going into the week. I know you don't care a lot about projections, but this will be a close contested matchup. Chaz, talk a little bit first about Davis's team, what you see in this matchup here against your squad. 
Yeah. So when it comes to uh, our matchup this week, um, I, I know your the rosters change um, throughout the season, um, but even after about week one, I had on my calendar week in week fourteen. Those were the two weeks that buys were going to destroy me into playing ahead um, with a, cu- a couple um, players on my end that were injured. I couldn't really plan to head too much. I just had to get guys and then play them. Um, so I, I didn't have the luxury of some players that are some teams that are um, at a pretty decent record. I couldn't really plan ahead to these weeks. It's kind of one week at a time, as we saw last week. Um, I had a couple guys, I think maybe two or three uh that I picked up off waivers. I had a I had a handful about three or four players and I just plugged in the ones that I thought would do the, the best and it turns out it didn't work out last week. Um so this week I'm hoping it changes up a little bit. Um in terms of Davis's end, I know he has quite a few, I think we're both, like you said, pr- pretty bad. Um I luckily have my quarterback and my tight end back, um, which does leave me a little leeway. Um, to mix up wide receiver, running back, and flex, whereas last week I had a quarterback, um, my quarterback and my defense, which are two individual positions where you really have to drop players and pick players up um, that maybe you don't want to, whereas in this situation, um, Dave still doesn't have a QB left. However, he does have an empty um, bench spot, so I don't see why there should be too big of an issue for him to fill a roster. Um, However, he did. We've found some um, upsetting news that Dallas Goddard is on IR. Um, for the next four weeks at least. Um, so I think he's going to have to find, quote-unquote, a, t- a tight end. He's going to slide Hayden Hurst in there um, and then get a QB off waivers next, tomorrow or sometime this week. So we'll see what happens. So I, I don't really have a full view of what his roster is. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Davis is another team that's sitting there at the bottom four. Uh, we mentioned the same thing with my team and Ethan's team. Trying to claw his way out of that so he doesn't have to compete in the toilet bowl. Needs a win badly this week. His remaining schedule next week, he'll play Eric Thomas, then Daniel, and then Will Hickson to end it out. Uh, Three really tough matchups after uh, playing Chaz here in week 11. Uh, Davis has found some pretty bad luck. He's lost seven of his eight matchups, pretty ice cold. And this week he's got five players on by, like we mentioned, Godert on IR and Jerry Judy still nursing his ankle injury. So a lot of his key players out of the lineup, he's going to be relying heavily on players like Kareem Hunt, Chase Claypool, who's really underperformed since being traded, uh, and Melvin Gordon. So guys that really don't inspire a lot of excitement when it comes to fantasy football production. Uh, I don't love this matchup for either one of these teams, but especially here for Davis. And then on the other side of the ball, Chaz, with your squad, we mentioned it before, tonight's matchup. You've got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon both starting for you. Uh, hopefully you can get some decent production out of those guys. Uh, we mentioned Davis's key pieces. Likewise, with your key pieces, you'll have A.J. Dillon, Jacoby Myers, Kyle Pitts, and Michael Gallup, all guys that you really hope uh, to see some higher-level production out of. Uh, we'll see if you can get that there. And then lastly, Kadarius Tony, a guy that really is kind of starting to break out in that Kansas City offense. We'll see if Mahomes relies on him like he has in these last couple weeks. Uh, but in this matchup, I'm going to have to give the edge slightly here to Chooch. I'm going to pick Chooch to win this matchup. Yeah, so when it comes to my roster here, um, I've dealt with injuries throughout the season. I finally, I, I believe the first three years I played this game, um, at least in this league, um, I ha- I've been I've evaded the injury bug. Um, but for some reason, uh, this year, it didn't just take the players that I, I can start sliding in or out. It took took my big guns. Um, and Brees Hall and then Jamar Chase 
um, who was supposed to come back in the next week or two, um, but I couldn't see him on my bench anymore. And like I said, I had to get some wins in me. Um, so I did trade him for Mike Evans. Uh, I don't know if you were aware of this. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's big news. I think that's uh, a good move for you, although Evans is on bye this week. Uh, I think that that gives you that kind of last week push, those three weeks that are going to be pivotal for you. Um, I think um, Jamar Chase is obviously the better asset to have there, but he's useless to you being injured on your bench. Uh, when does he return from his injury? So just so everyone knows, I am calling in because I have terrible Wi-Fi. Um, so if my phone sounds terrible uh, or my whole time I've been speaking sounds terrible, um, blame Trent. Just kidding. It's my fault. Um, yeah, so he is supposed to come back in week 12. However, um, that's when they want him to come back. However, there have been um, kind of be reporters saying that he has been on crutches still um, as of just today. Uh, he's been on crutches, which could mean they just won't wait off of it. Um, he has been seen walking around the locker room a little bit, but there's a big difference between coming off of an injury and being able to walk as opposed to getting a full practice in and then being back into game time shape, running multiple routes in, a, in multiple games. Um, I just don't think that week 12 is a honest uh, time frame to come back. And then after that, who knows, you could re-injure it. Um, I, I just, in my crystal ball, I see a lot of questionable game time decision and I, I just don't want that uh, on my bench. Um, but with that being said, um, it's a big bad bye week for me. Uh, again, some of my other studs that have kind of come through for me here and, uh, Travis Etienne and Jeff Wilson are out, uh, Mike Evans, who I just traded for is out. So I'm just plugging and playing. Um, a few guys in there, so I am I am not really confident. However, I think Davis is in a worse position, so I'm going to pick myself. Any uh, additional confidence knowing that Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to be rocking their uh, alternate white helmets once again, going with that white Bengal look? Is that an upgrade in your mind for Joe Burrow? You look good. You play good. Uh, well, they are playing Pittsburgh, who uh, has started off um, pretty slow in offense. Um, however, their defense has looked okay. So I will say – Coming off a bye week as well, they started out the season pretty slow since Joe didn't play um, a bye week without playing a game. I, I don't think uh, the jerseys are going to do much for him. All right, let's move on and take a look at this next matchup. A good one. Two of the top four teams. We've got the Ranch Water Wranglers, the number one overall team, sitting at 9-1, and one, going up against Don Patrol, sitting at 7-3, and three, uh, a team that I think a lot of guys in the league who are sitting on the cusp of the playoffs – would like to see, you know, lose out or lose three of these last four matchups. Uh, Going to be very interesting to see what shapes out of this. Uh, we will know Don Patrol, Jimmy G sighting. Jimmy Garoppolo makes his way into the starting lineup with Tua on by. What do you make of these two teams and what do you think of this matchup? Yeah, so this was a fun one. Uh, again, I do believe this has uh, playoff implications, uh, less for Joey, obviously, and more for Don Patrol. Um, he's squeaked out quite a few here. I keep saying that, you know, I don't love his roster. Um, and I think that he, he might lose, but it, it, it's, he's just pulled it out every time. Um, so I, I don't really have anything bad to say about Don Patrol. He gets it done when it needs to get done. Um, but looking at Don Patrol's roster here, though, Stefan Diggs is back. Um, they had a bye two weeks ago last week. Um, big game for them. Um, he looked good. As much as, like I said about Josh's injury scare, uh, he also played really well going up against the Vikings last week. Few notes here, though. Uh, he is starting Jimmy G, like you said. Jimmy G last week, I don't believe, had a single touchdown, and they still won. Is that correct? 
I don't know if he didn't have a touchdown, but yes, they did end up winning their matchup against the Chargers on Sunday night. I, I'm almost positive he did not throw a passing touchdown, and I think that is like his 18th game or something like that, some crazy stat where Jimmy Garoppolo has won a certain amount of games um, without throwing a single touchdown, which is like a record or something. But um, anything, he's got a few guys on by as well. Um, Tua Tungvaloa has been playing really well for him. Kenneth, the guy he picked up, um, Evan Ingram has been a tight end for him who's played pretty well, so he's going to be plugging and playing a few guys as well. Um, James Conner, however, is back, and he had a big week for him, and I think is the main reason he beat me last week. So I expect James Conner to do really well. Stephon Diggs, um, and then he's got a few guys in here I'm not totally sure on. But, uh, um, I, I, again, this week I don't love his roster, but I, I've doubted him before. So, Yeah, interesting. Now he puts Isaiah Pacheco in as a starting running back. Clyde edwards helaire finds his way to the bench. Uh, the Kansas City backfield has been one that's been a lot of question marks. Um, haven't really caught too many of their games this season, but it's interesting to see that a top pick like Clyde edwards now is being overthrown uh, by this, you know, rookie running back, Isaiah Pacheco. I know Eric was super high on Pacheco during the draft, said he got a steal in him. We'll see if it pays off going forward the rest of the season. Yeah, it's the old thing, whereas, well, they say this with two, if you have two starting running backs, you have zero starting running backs, but in this situation, they have three starting running backs. Um, which means I'm good on him. But Isaiah Pacheco has been looking really well, or really good um, the last couple of weeks. All right, moving over to Ranch Water. Um, similar to Tyler's team, he's got his studs and he's got the guys he, he fills in here. Patrick Mahomes has been playing as good as he normally is. Christian McCaffrey has been playing well. They have been saying, um, although you are the San Francisco beat reporter, so um, your word trumps all, but um, they – they're going to still give him his touches, but they're going to try to split him with Elijah Mitchell. Is this correct? Yeah, I think uh, someone noted that Elijah Mitchell outtouched Christian McCaffrey in their matchup this past weekend against the Chargers. Uh, but I don't think that's any note for caution. I think that's just the way that San Francisco runs their offense. They get their, you know, whoever's fresh, whoever's a, a gamer, a guy that's really going to make a difference for them. That's who they get the ball. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, is getting a lot of the goal line work. Very easily could have had three touchdown rushes if you were watching that game. Uh, but, yes, Elijah Mitchell did out-touch him. But I don't think that's any concern for Joey. Uh, and, obviously, no reason to take him out of your starting lineup. Yeah, and then uh, he has, like, two buys on his team. He's got Tyree Kill and Raheem Mostert. Um, but normally in this situation, he's got a pretty deep bench here. But uh, he's still – decided to plug and play a person he picked up Paris Campbell um for a pretty good chunk of change uh I happened to drop him last week and he would have won me if I started him but anyways he's picking him up he's playing him um Jeff Saturday um the uh couch coach who uh, came off the couch as the first coach ever to not have any professional coaching experience and start as a head coach and win um he has stated that uh, Matt Ryan will be starting um, and Paris is Matt's guy, so I think he'll he should have a decent game moving forward. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb's been balling. We watched the game. Um, the Philly Philly they lost last week, but it's um, it's one it's one A, uh, arguably one B. Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. So if one hits and one doesn't, the other one's gonna have a good game. So um, we'll see how Devontae Smith does, and then he's got a few guys in here I'm not worried about. But um, I'm going Ranchwater here. Um, I don't think it's a big question. Yeah, this one's pretty straightforward for me as well. I mean, if you get that strong consistency in your uh, running back core, Joey has that for sure. And he even has Raheem Mostert on his bench with a bye. Um, Patrick Mahomes, number one overall quarterback. 
just looks like an absolute dominant player. He's back to his old self. I'm going to go with Ranch Water as well in this matchup. That leads us into the next matchup. We have a game with a lot of playoff implication on the line here. The Titletown Kurt sitting at 7-3, and three, going up against 25 Savage, sitting at 5-5. Five and five. One of those four teams sitting at 5-5. Five and five. A really good matchup here. Two teams that are definitely trending up and two teams you don't want to face at this point in the season. Yeah, this should be a fun one. Uh, a guy who started off really hot in Titletown, um, who's kind of lost a few here and there. And then a guy who started off super slow, but he's he's been pulling him out and, and 25 Savage. So um, projections have Daniel winning by a pretty decent margin, um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Daniel's team, uh, he's got a few guys on here that have some injury designations. I don't think there's too many really. Um, however, uh, I've said it with Daniel's team before. Uh, his roster is really good. His starting lineup's really good. But if any of his starters were to get hurt, he would definitely have to make some decisions each week on who he was starting based on matchups. Because if um, it looks like Juju, who might he's had a bending concussion protocol, might not play. If Juju's out, you can slide one of his um, flexes in there. But then on his bench, I don't really know who he would be um, confident in starting. Um, but as long as his his starters stay healthy, um, I think he's got a he's got a good um, path to the playoffs. But I think his biggest pickup or his biggest prediction that's really paid off for him is getting Justin Fields at QB1. Um, Justin's been looking phenomenal uh, since he picked him up off the waivers. He was a week ahead of everybody. I think if if he would have waited one more week and he had his blow up, I think Justin would have gone for a pretty decent penny. Um, I don't. I think uh, he only gave $1 in fab. Um, so good on you, Daniel, for, for finding that one. Uh, my couple of notes here. David Montgomery, my beloved Khalil, is injured. He's on IR for four weeks. Um, so Dave is going to pick up those touches. I think he's going to have a big week um, going up against Atlanta, who's been a pretty easy running de- uh, defense to go up against. Um, and he's got a couple of guys in here that have been disappointing, had hit and miss weeks. And Michael Pittman, um, Chris Olave's had a couple that haven't panned out so hot. And then Robert Tunyon, you can never really tell with Green Bay. Um, but I think a lot of these guys are in good positions to play well. So I think his team's going to uh, play pretty well. What do you think before I break down Wills? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned in the Discord, this is kind of a dream scenario with Daniel. You pick up the player, the starting quarterback on your favorite team, and he ends up just blowing it up for you for your fantasy roster. Uh, just an awesome scenario for Justin Fields. Gives me some flashbacks of dreams I had for Trey Lance at the beginning of the season, uh, but never materialized. Neither here nor there. Congratulations, Daniel. Great pickup and great play with Justin Fields. You mentioned it, David Montgomery now assuming the starting running back position uh, with really no competition in that backfield for Chicago as well. Uh, so really interesting plays. And I think he's got some really talent, talented players when it comes to the wide receiver room. Chris Olave, Michael Pittman, Devontae Adams, obviously the talent's there. You mentioned the lack of production that we've seen you know, hit or miss there for Pittman and even for Devontae Adams, but guys that you believe in their talent, you believe in them going forward. Um, really strong team. Uh, and it's going to be a favorable matchup for him this week going up against the Kurds. All right. Now moving on to Will's team. Now, Trent, I just want, um, I want to give the people some inner workings of uh, our dynamic here. I'm curious myself. Uh, are there any takes I give when we're breaking down teams that you, you roll your eyes at or, or think, uh, I don't know about all that, or are you pretty, pretty confident when I when I talk about um, breakdowns? Uh, I think you and I are pretty knowledgeable individuals. I think we have our own takes and I respect your opinions. I can't say I necessarily 100% agree with all of your takes, but for a vast majority, I would say I, I tend to lean on the side of agreement with you when it comes to the takes that you've had this year. 
Okay, just curious. I'm just giving myself um, some confidence, and uh, just so everyone knows that um, when we when we give these breakdowns, they're they're thought out, they're methodical, and they should take our word for everything we say. So, mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, moving on to Will's team here. Uh, about a week or two ago, uh, Will made some questionable choices, some questionable trades by acquiring Jonathan Taylor. I believe he um, traded him for Chris Olave, uh, which uh, I believe he traded Jonathan Taylor and Keenan Allen for Chris Olave, and then maybe one other piece here. Uh, do you recall who that was? Yeah, he traded away Chris Olave and David Montgomery for Keenan Allen and Jonathan Taylor. That was the big trade that took place uh, November 4th, so just a couple weeks ago now at this point. Yeah, so that was a pretty decent trade. He was banking on um, long-term. Um, however, this is going to come to fruition this week. Um, so this could make – those two players really could make or break um, who's going to win this week. So that's just a fun little tidbit there for everyone um, to look at. But breaking down Will's team as a whole, um, he's he's on, the, he's on the Baltimore train right now. Gus Edwards is finally back at practice last week um, after their bye. And uh, Lamar and him are both going to be starting, so I'm curious how that dynamic is going to go. Um, uh, on Baltimore's end. And then he's got a few guys on here that um, I was really excited about. However, again, they're kind of hit or miss. Um, T Higgins, I thought with Jamar out, he would have a lot bigger impact than he has. Granted, I think it's been only a few games um, plus a bye. Um, so I'm curious to see how T Higgins does this week going to be against Pitt um, being really the number one. It, I, I did say this, I think before, or at least I thought it. Jamar Chase was the number one. And when, when he's, got the best defender on him then Teagans has a field day it's not so fun when Teagans is the number one and he's got the best defender on him but we'll see how he does and then he's got a few other guys in here Travis Kelsey um, Drake London good talents um, obviously Travis is a baller um, he's going to do his own but he's got Drake London Nico Collins who are great athletes but I'm curious how uh, they're going to use them uh, moving forward yeah big news obviously for Will Cooper Cup moved to IR uh, into his lineup comes Nico Collins uh, interesting play I like the upside of Nico Collins uh, we'll we'll see if he can get the touches that we would like for him to see uh, in that Houston wide receiver core. And then, like you mentioned, he's got uh, Leonard Fournette on by this week. So into the lineup, he picks up Gus Edwards. Uh, Baltimore's now starting running back. So uh, doesn't really miss too much with Cooper Cup and Leonard Fournette out. Uh, I think he still puts forward a really strong lineup. Uh, and I, I know you're saying T. Higgins now is the number one. Uh, makes it a lot more difficult, isn't as fun. But I think he's got a great matchup this week against Pitt. Again, wearing those Bengal white uniforms, uh, we'll see. I, I think it's going to be a dynamite performance out of him. Uh, in this matchup, I like both of these teams. Uh, I think they're both you know, pretty much uh, fighting for those you know, six spots for the playoffs and, and both have a likelihood of making it. Uh, but in this matchup, I'm going with the Titletown Kurds. I apologize. Uh, I, I think I was a little self-conscious the other week when you said nobody cares about the bench, but how could I skip over that Cooper Cup um, has been placed on IR? Uh, Will Hickson's bread and butter, my bread and butter last year. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big one of those players where I know he's got a, still got a, quite a few players here, but that's one of those guys where you, you plug them in your lineup and then you just feel confident um, that it doesn't matter um, how your team plays. If he has, he, he's always there for a big game. Um, so having him not in there, uh, is a big issue, I think, uh, moving forward. And then one other thing I will touch about that trade um, is 25 Savage, like me, needs wins. He went for the safer place here. Will Hickson went for the more questionable and guys that are injured, and you don't really know what's going to happen, which I personally 
Um, even if I do have a better record, um, I hate having the guys that are questionable each week. And I, I don't know if I need to start them or not. So we'll see how that pans out um, for this week. I am also, who did you pick? I took the Kurds. Ooh, another, another one here. I'm going to go Daniel Arrow this week. I'm going to go with the projection. All right. That leads us in to the game of the week matchup. We're both looking the most forward to two teams on the outside, looking in currently trying to push their way into those top six rankings to make the playoffs. Two teams sitting now at five and five in that cluster group of four teams. We've got the Lexington mob going up against the VC stingrays. Chaz, what do you make of this matchup? Yeah. So uh, I said it a bunch of times. Playoff implications are probably the biggest for this one. In terms of me, how I would like to, th- this to go, well, two things. First off, this is a win-win for me because, I mean, we're all five and five. Me, Will, Kyle, and then Daniel are five and five. Uh, but if either of them win and I happen to lose this week, then I still have a fighting chance between those two players there. Um, and then luck, maybe if I'm wrong here and 25 Savage does lose, we're all four and five right now. But um, best case scenario for me, would be if Kyle were to win this because he already has more points for. So if we were to go, um, he was making in the playoffs based on record. That sixth spot could go to the most points for, and I have a closer record or most points for with Will. So in my mind, I'm winning 25 Savage to win. Uh, breaking down these teams here, um, I don't believe there are too many buy uh, issues for uh, these either of these teams. So I think their full rosters uh, are up and ready to go. Um, I'm going to break down Kyle's team real quick. The injuries, however, uh, he's been pretty good most of the season, but he's got a couple ones here that um, could be game time decisions, which are currently in his lineup. Kyler Murray, who's currently projected for zero points, um, is day-to-day still and could be a game time decision. And I have a feeling he might not play, um, but we'll see what happens. So he's got him in his lineup. And then Mark Andrews, who was not seen at practice today, or yesterday, which was Wednesday. So we'll see what they say on it first practice Thursday. Um, so he's got two guys in there that are already questionable, and he, he could have to change them out here. Um, and he does not have another tight end on his bench. So there could be a plug-and-play situation um, that here moving forward. But um, a couple fun ones, a couple fun games to watch. Like we said, Derek Henry is going to do his thing. Um, he's got that Thursday night game. That could be fun to watch. Josh Jacobs has been a big surprise this year. Um, C.D. Lamb had his blow-up game last week. He did play. He's doing a plug-and-play with Christian Watson. Um, he picked him up. I think he used the rest of his fab on him. Um, <laughs> another fun fact, yeah, but he dropped $37 on him. I had 38 and my gut was telling me not to drop all that money on him. Everyone was kind of going crazy because Christian has a big game and they think he might have stapled himself into the number one, but I've watched Green Bay through and through the whole year. And even if he's the number one that Aaron feels confident, in, I just don't see that happening. Um, week in and week out. So I, I didn't drop the ball or drop all my cash on him. But funny enough, if I would have, um, then I would have had him on my bench because I had 38 and he got him for 37. Um, but and then another one, another fun one here, um, Alan Robinson uh, with Cooper Cup out. I'm curious to see how they use him um, for this week. And then Donald Peoples-Jones has been playing pretty well. I know I said a lot of things there, but uh, just a couple of fun tidbits um, for BC Stingray's team. Yeah, you went top to bottom. It seems like he like everything that he's got in his lineup now. If Kyler Murray were not to play, the quarterback that uh, Kyle has on his bench is Jacoby Brissett. So we'd have the Joe, Jacoby Brissett, Donovan Peoples-Jones stack. 
Uh, could be interesting. They're playing Buffalo, who's got a great defense, but you never know. You could catch lightning in a bottle there. Um, but yeah, I, I think the two key points here is his running backs are in a great position. Both are uh, exceeding expectations for the most part in terms of fantasy production. And then Christian Watson, Allen Robinson, two storylines of guys that are monitoring. Uh, if you just look at the fantasy landscape in terms of wide receivers that have been added to rosters and added to starting lineups, these are two of the guys that top the charts. Obviously, Watson coming off a monster week last week. Um, but you kind of mentioned it. Is the production sustainable? He had three touchdowns on only four catches. Uh, although he had eight targets, you mentioned he had a couple drops. So this is a guy that, you know, Rodgers has been complaining about his young guys all year, the drops, the wrong routes being run. Uh, to only have four catches but still put up 35 points, that's great, but is that sustainable? We'll see going forward. And then Allen Robinson with Cup's injury, I think he's the clear number one target uh, in that offense. So he's only projected 11 points. I think he should likely exceed that this week, uh, but you never know. We'll, we'll see how it shapes out. They're playing at New Orleans, so in the Dome this week uh, could be could be a fun matchup there. About the other side of the ball, the Lexington mob, we've been loving the stack. He's got Hertz and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown does have that questionable designation next to him. Uh, really, the only pain point here for Lexington mob is that D.K. Metcalf is on by, so he's going to have to find a fill-in spot for that. Um, DeAndre Swift has been very uh, underwhelming since returning from injury. I think he's been outperformed both in touches and fantasy points by Jamal Williams every single week. They've got a favorable matchup this week against the New York Giants. Um, what do you see here on Mob's team where you're finding some favor? Uh, of course, we love DeAndre Hopkins. We love Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you mentioned it. I think the stack, uh, granted, a, a lot of people say the correlation is kind of doesn't really mean anything because if you have a stack versus a, a, another two players, which, whichever quarterback scores more, it's, it's going to matter. Um, but it's just it's a fun one um, to have. And I think the one to have this year uh, is the Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown stack. Um, which he does. So that's always just a fun game to watch. And then when they connect, you know, you have um, quite a few points there. Um, Amon Ra, I mean, there's there's not, there's a few guys on here. There's really nothing else to say. Um, Amon Ra is going to ball out. DeAndre Hopkins, um, there's a couple question marks. He did try to dish him off to me and maybe a few people um, for some big time players. I wish I would have taken him, but DeAndre Hopkins has looked great. He's been the number one on that team. Um, so he's got all those players. Um, he picked up Dante Foreman, which I think uh, he should have a pretty decent game. But like you said, DeAndre Swift is kind of the only big name on here that hasn't really lived up. But yeah, I mean, I like his roster uh, pretty through and through. And then he, I mean, he's got quite a few players on his bench that he could easily slide in there. Me personally, I'd probably put Deontay Johnson in there. I'm um, going up against Cincinnati coming off a bye. And I think they might've had a few injuries in their secondary. Um, so I, I do like his team quite a bit um, going up this week. Um, and again, Looking at this base value, um, I'm not going to lie to the folks. Normally, I have my picks already made, um, but today I just kind of saw the, the rosters as I broke them down, and I'm going to pick which ones I like. Uh, but this one's pretty easy. This one's probably been the hardest one um, that I've seen. Um, I'm just going to pick the team, A, that I want to win, or the the yeah the player that I want to win, and B, just the, the matchups that I think kind of have the most um, – the more fun matchups are the ones that, that are going to be enjoyable to watch. And I'm going to pick VC Stingers this week um, to beat the Lexington mob. Very interesting. So you need the VC Stingers to win. You feel like you have a better chance. If they win, you're going to pick them to win. I'm on the other side of things. I'm going to go with the Lexington mob this week. I like the matchups that he's got. I think he's going to put forth a really good lineup uh, and a lot of points being scored this week. All right. Without further ado, let's move on in 
to the toilet bowl alert. All right, guys, we're getting into crunch time now. Just four weeks left in the regular season. It's make it or break it time. The standings are definitely going to be, you know, shifting here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Chaz, why don't you break it down? Give us a little bit of a taste of the team that you're putting on Toilet Bowl Alert. So this is kind of a tough decision. Uh, there's a few teams on here that I think, um, unfortunate as it may be, they they got the losses early and I, their records have just um, kind of brought their moods down. They're not as invested. Uh, they haven't been putting a lot of thought into the um, waivers. I know a couple of people on here in the bottom row um, have quite a few fab left and they just haven't cared um, to put money down on it. However, this week, I'm going to change it up a bit. I think the person I'm going to put on toilet bowl alert um, is just going to have to deal with a few injuries. Um, he's going to have to kind of play the waiver wire a little bit. He's going to really have to try his best um, if he wants to succeed, and that is myself. I'm going to put myself on there. Mm. Uh, I, you know, normally I just come in. My drafts are big winners, which cough, cough. Um, my draft was a big winner if my players were to stay healthy. But this year, just the health, the health bug got me, and uh, I just need to keep fighting um, and making good decisions. The last two weeks, uh, my one of them, my decisions played out really well, and I actually got a win. And, and then last week, um, I made two terrible decisions, and they outscored half of my my starting roster my two bench players. So I'm going to put myself on there and that's just to give me some more motivation to push. Unlike these slobs at the bottom, King of the North, fighter town, Mavericks, global hot times. I should put you on there, but I'm not. Very interesting. Very chivalrous of you to put yourself on the hot seat like that for my toilet bowl alert. I'm going to give a little preview for the bonus segment. You're about to get tuned into. I'm putting four teams on the toilet bowl alert. And that is the four teams that are projected in my model to be in the toilet bowl challenge at the end of the season, the bottom four teams to finish the regular season in standings and to find out who those teams are tune in to this upcoming segment. Welcome on in to a bonus segment time. First time we've ever done this on the podcast. I'm going to play the role of the magic man. All right. We're going to look into my crystal ball, make some bold predictions about the future. We're getting close to playoff time. Four weeks left in the regular season. Spent some time setting up uh, a faultless, foolproof algorithm to predict uh, different probabilities for the rest of the season. So let's get into it. The assumptions here. Okay, you're going to need to at least get nine wins, and that nine wins gives you about a 93% uh, likelihood of making the playoffs. Or, alternatively, scoring more than 1,745 fantasy points on the season, that'll give you a 100% chance of making the playoffs. So we've crunched the numbers, we've looked at it. As it stands now, the top eight teams in standings are all still in the playoff hunt. We'll start from the top in terms of my personal probabilities of making the playoff standing at number one. We have Joey Bodinger 
and the Ranch Water Wranglers sitting right now at a calculated 99.99999% chance of making the playoffs. Really, the only way that Joey doesn't make the playoffs is if he loses his next four matchups, loses out the rest of the season. Joey is in prime position. Uh, dare I say he's at 100%. He's a lock to make it to the playoffs and likely a lock to end the season at number one overall, uh, getting a nice little paycheck for regular season champ. His strength of schedule the rest of the way, he has the easiest strength of schedule. His last four games, he plays Eric Thomas, who we know is highly ranked. Uh, some would say he's a little bit lucky with some of his points for. He plays my team, which we know has struggled, especially early on in the season. Plays Chaz's team in week 13. And then ends with Ethan Brown's Fodertown Mavericks. So the easiest remaining schedule uh, the model that I've put together has him predicted to go 4-0 and to end the season. So that would give him a 13-1 and record. Uh, he'll be the number one seed if all this holds true. Very likely for him to make the playoffs. Let's move on in. The next one, team number two here, also two in standings as we sit, is Will Hickson's Titletown Cheese Curds. Although he suffered a loss to me last weekend, he looks like he has a pretty strong chance to make the playoffs. But it is quite a dip down. He's two games behind Joey right now in terms of wins and losses. He's got about an 80.4% chance to make the playoffs. He also has one of the top three easiest schedules remaining. Is the third easiest schedule remaining. He'll go up against Daniel this week. Then Ryan McCauley, Will Gray, and Davis Church's King of the North to wrap things up in week 14. Of those four matchups, uh, his toughest one is definitely going to be this week against Daniel. Uh, but the model has him also going 4-0 to get to an overall record of 11-3 and and also securing a first-round bye for playoffs. Now, from there, this is where stuff starts to get a little interesting. In third place in the model, we have Tyler Jasper jumping up one spot in standings from where he sits today to being the third overall team when standings are done at the end of Week 14. The model has him at a 77.9% chance of making the playoffs, so just slightly behind Will Hickson. This also due to an easier strength of schedule. Uh, he's second in the easiest strength of schedule. Tyler's remaining schedule, he plays Ryan McCauley this week, then goes off a game against Will Gray, then Kyle Martins, and then ends the season with a matchup against myself, Again, Tyler, 77.9% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, going 4-0 is how the model has him to sweep the end of the regular season. He'll end with a record of 10-4. From there, sitting at fourth in standings in the model, we have Eric Thomas, Don Patrol, a phenomenal season for Don. Uh, he's looking at 54% chance of making the playoffs, so this is where it starts to get a little hairy. These next several teams... This is getting on the cusp of those first five teams that make it for standings. And then there's that final element, the points four. That sixth team is going to make it the highest remaining team not in the playoffs. Points four is what's going to come into play. Eric, unfortunately, doesn't have a high enough points four to factor into his playoff probability. So he's going to rely on making it to those nine wins. And he doesn't have uh, too difficult of a schedule. He's about in the middle. He's got Joey Bodinger, a big matchup this week. Uh, then he'll go and play Davis, play Ethan, and a huge matchup in Week 10, especially for the other team. He's playing at Kyle Martins. This could be a pivotal game, especially for Kyle, for a shot to make the playoffs. Uh, but likely Eric 
will be able to coast into the playoffs with those first three games in his schedule. The model has him predicted to go two and two. Uh, so even with those two losses, he'll finish with a regular season record of nine and five, fall one spot in standings, but still be enough to make it into the playoffs. The next four teams that we'll discuss, Daniel Errol, Kyle Martins, Chaz Daly, Will Gray. These are all teams that are right there on the cusp, have the most that they're playing for, have some big matchups between each other these next several weeks. So there's a lot on the line here. Based on the model we've put together, Daniel Arrow is going to fall into this playoffs with the fifth overall in standings at the end of the regular season. So securing the fifth and final spot based on standings to make the playoffs. The model has him at a 47.6% chance to make the playoffs. His strength of schedule is the fourth easiest remaining. The model has him going three and one. The remaining schedule he has is Will Hickson, Chaz Daly. Then he plays Davis Church and Ryan McCauley to round out his season. Big matchup is obviously against Chaz Daly. The two stand currently five and five, very close in standings. So that's going to be a pivotal matchup next week. But moving on, let's take a look at these next three teams that the model has fighting for the highest points for remaining to make it to the playoffs. First, we'll go to Kyle Martins and the VC Stingrays, who the model predicts is going to be the sixth and final playoff team with a 50.3% probability of making the playoffs. It'll be very interesting, relying heavily on getting high on the points for and being the last team to secure a spot in the playoffs. Kyle currently sitting at five and five. The model's predicting that he'll continue and go three and one. So we'll end the season eight and six overall record. Could be very interesting falling one spot in standings from where he is today, but still ending up six with the highest points for to put him in the playoffs. Kyle's got a very interesting schedule starting this week at biggest matchup, matchup of the week against Will Gray. Kyle versus Will, two teams that are sitting at five and five, two teams that need to keep positive momentum going uh, with a shot to make the playoffs. We'll see if they're able to do it. Uh, but this is going to be one that we'll be watching all weekend. But Kyle is the sixth and final team that we have predicted to make the playoffs. Now, these next two teams still have a shot. This is just how the model's reading it out. In seventh in standings, we have Chaz Daly. Uh, I'm a chooch. Suffered a lot of injuries. A lot of this analysis is based on previous performance. So this could be a, a big error, a big flaw of the system. But no questioning the model. Chaz, we have him finishing the season going one in three. He's got a medium strength of schedule. He's fifth hardest strength of schedule remaining. He's got matchups including Davis Church this weekend. Uh, then next weekend, a big matchup against Daniel Arrow, potentially if they both both Chaz and Daniel win this week. This would be a huge matchup going into week uh, 12. Week 13, he plays Joey. And week 14, a potential giant matchup against Will Gray. Uh, we'll see how everything shakes out for these two teams. But as it stands now, the model has Chaz going one and three to end the season, jumping up actually one spot in standings, but just missing the playoffs due to lower points for. In eighth spot, we have Will Gray's team. Uh, a slight fall from grace from where Will was expecting to finish. Uh, the model gives him a 41% chance for making the playoffs, so still a possibility there based solely on points four, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to make it there. 
with the performance in recent weeks. He's got the hardest strength of schedule remaining in the entire league. However, the model does have him winning one of his games. So he looks to go one and three to end the season. Will's matchups, a lot of them are big names. We talked about it already, but the matchup with Kyle this weekend is the matchup of the week. It's going to be a good one. It's two teams that are sitting at five and five. But next week, he's got another good one against another kind of bubble team, Tyler Jasper, who secured a strong spot into the playoffs most likely. But we'll see how this shapes out. And then weeks 13 and 14, he plays Will Hickson, one of the top dogs in the league. And then finally, we mentioned it a second ago, he plays Chaz Daly in week 14, which potentially there could be a lot on the line there. Again, the model has him going one and three. That means that the remaining four teams, we won't break down their remaining schedule. They are all 0% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, That is my team, Ethan Brown, Davis Church, and Ryan McCauley. Those four teams sit at the bottom of standings, which means those will be the four teams competing the first annual toilet bowl competition to round out the year. Get excited. We'll see how much of this holds true. Thanks for listening to this bonus segment. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Can you hit a little rich flex for me? Then 21, can you do something for me? Drop some bars to my pussy ex for me. Then 21, can you do something for me? Can you talk to the ops next for me? 21, do your thing.